Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. Thank you very much for joining us today. A couple things on the docket today. Just some headlines that caught my eye this week. Not sure if I said this on a previous podcast or just told my wife, but I had been hearing that the gay community is the next contestant on the How to Divide the Citizens game, right? And pit them against each other. You know, that COVID thing's dying out. So we're moving the crosshairs from the unvaccinated to the homosexuals. You know, I've been hearing that they will try and blame the gay community for monkeypox. And this was two or three weeks ago. And I don't remember if I said it on a podcast or just said it to my wife, but not two to three weeks go by after I say that. And then I see this headline from the Summit News, the UK health agency, 99% of monkeypox cases are gay men. And it goes on, this article goes on to say, a survey of monkeypox cases by the UK Health Agency has found 151 out of 152 participants of men who identify as gay, bisexual, or men who have sex with men. So, out of the 152 participants in this study of the people who have monkeypox, 151 of them are gay men. Just thought that was very interesting. Early outbreaks of monkeypox originated at a gay sauna in Spain and at a fetish festival in Belgium. Those were the initial monkeypox reports. A little weird, right? So despite monkeypox spreading via close contact and the World Health Organization saying summer festivals should be limited to stop the spread of the virus, a WHO spokesperson later clarified that gay pride parade should go on as normal. And a little further down in the article, it says the National Health Service, so the NHS, in the UK also posted a message on its website urging people to not touch or consume bush meat, which is available on the black market in ethnically diverse areas of London and can cause the spread of monkeypox. Jesus Christ. You know, same shit, different day, right? How, how much longer until we hear the president say that monkeypox is a pandemic of the unstraight, right, instead of the unvaccinated? I mean, you got to love the throwaway line at the end, too, about bush meat. Damn wet markets. They just keep creating all these viruses. Also, a headline that caught my eye was the article that says the World Health Organization finally admits COVID lab leak theory is a possibility, which was nice of them to join the party, right? So for the last two years, the the governmental and global medical institutions like the CDC and the WHO and Tony Fauci, they've all been referring to the COVID-19 lab leak as a conspiracy theory. So for two years, the mainstream media and big tech social media platforms have called for outright censorship of anyone who tries to discuss this evidence. Some very prominent doctors and scientists have been kicked off platforms demonetized for suggesting this theory. And again, this is all counterintuitive to science, right? Science means you explore everything and rule stuff out. So merely asking the question, did this originate in a lab, that got shut down immediately. And that's why a lot of people who understand what science is gets really bullshit at people when they, they throw the science word out. But we haven't been practicing science since fucking 2020. The way science works is if you have a fucking hypothesis that it originated in a lab or a wet market for that matter, you, you prove it, try to prove it, ask questions. That's the whole fucking point. But now suddenly the WHO is willing to give this theory, you know, a serious look. Evidence has been moaning for some time that the virus 
was at very least coaxed into existence through the mutation process, if not just outright engineered, right? So COVID-19, the strand, the original strand is a 96% match to a virus sample collected and held at the Wuhan lab for several years. The same virus strain does not exist naturally anywhere near Wuhan, only in the lab. And the 4% discrepancy could be easily explained by the gain-of-function research, right? The, and the only evidence to support the wet market theory of the COVID origin comes from the Chinese government, which, you know, not for nothing, has a pretty vested interest in lying about the situation because it was released in their country. And they still haven't released any accurate data on COVID deaths within their own country. The mainstream media continues to perpetuate numerous falsehoods surrounding COVID and has built a very complex narrative of assumptions and misdirections. As time passes, more and more of the original narrative just falls apart. If you got COVID, be sure to thank your government. I know when COVID came through my house, I took a moment with my wife to really appreciate the fact that my tax money funded this type of dangerous research, and then it actually worked, right? Like, why is it that the one thing the fucking government actually got right was SARS-CoV-2? The one thing they fucking hit out of the park was they took a bat coronavirus and made it transmissible to humans. That is the gain of function. When you hear that, when you hear that gain of function term, that is when you take a virus that exists in bats that's transmissible within the bat community and then you manipulate it in a lab to infect humans. That's gain of function. Okay, that's why when this thing first started, everyone was just like, this is from a fucking lab because this isn't how it works. It would take evolution a very long time for a bat virus to be able to make a jump to humans. Okay, that is the first evolutionary hurdle is just getting from a bat to a human. But the fact that once a human is infected, the virus now spreads human to human like fucking wildfire. No. Sorry, that's not how viruses work. That's not how coronaviruses work. And we all knew this in 2019 and before, right? But remember, everyone lost their mind and there was so much propaganda, people just forgot the basics. And the people that didn't forget the basics that spoke out and was like, this, this doesn't work like that. You can't go to a fucking wet market, buy some bat meat, and then have some virus jump from the fucking bat meat into you and then you just give it to your fucking neighbor Two seconds later, it's not how it works. You buy the bat meat, you might get sick for whatever the shit that was in the bat meat, but that's a you problem. You don't then then fucking give that to somebody else. That's just fucking common sense. So, sorry, this thing was fucking created in a lab with the taxpayer funded money, which has all come out through the Freedom of Information request that the NIH, the EcoHealth Alliance, they all fucking just funneled some money around, moved the thing over to friggin' China because under the Obama administration, they said this research is too fucking dangerous to do. We should stop doing it. And they stopped doing it in the US, but they didn't stop doing it. They outsourced it to China. Now, whether it was released on purpose or not, who the fuck knows, right? And I know what you're saying. Well, just... Just because they had this global pandemic exercise a year before the pandemic actually hit in event 201, that's just a coincidence, right? Watch Plandemic 2, I'll put it in the show notes. They show footage from the actual event 201, right? Everything they discussed in the exercise happened just as they predicted it. It's weird. And lastly today, I wanted to spend some time on this headline from the 
Epic Times, quote, so New York State and New York City paid $200,000 for drag queens reading to kids at public schools record shows. I'll link to the story, but basically New York City and state combined have paid drag performers more than $200,000 for appearances in New York City public schools since 2018, according to a report. So Drag Story Hour, NYC, an organization previously known as Drag Queen Story Hour, NYC, has received $50,000 from the state's Council on the Arts, as well as $157,000 from the New York City's Department of Education, Cultural Affairs, Youth and Community Development, and Transportation, according to records obtained by the New York Post. So since the beginning of this year, Drag Story Hour has organized 49 appearances in 34 elementary, middle, and high schools across the city. The group in May alone made $46,000 in public funds for its appearances at schools, festivals, and libraries. This year so far has seen the New York City Council spend $80,000 on Drag Story Hour, more than triple the amount spent last year. So these story hours, this is where performers come in and drag and read to kids three to eight years old. This first started in 2015 in San Francisco and has since spread to libraries and schools across the United States. And I'm going to guess maybe blue states. They're, quote, intended to capture the children's imagination and help children explore their gender fluidity through glamorous, positive and unabashedly queer role models according to the organization's website. The books used during the story hours typically focus on homosexuality and concepts such as gender fluidity. Two of the popular books, The Hips on Drag Queens Go Swish, 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 and If You're a Drag Queen and You Know It. They're authored by a founder of Drag Story Hour and featured classic children's rhymes rewritten in a way that celebrates the drag lifestyle. The New York Public Library, the largest library system in the United States, entered into a partnership with Drag Story Hour in 2017 and has been holding story hours both in person and online over the past five years. Despite the sexual nature and often lewdness of drag performances, the library encourages parents to expose their child to drag events and have conversations about them. Quote, if your child is interested in talking about why the drag queen is dressed up, you can have that conversation in very simple language, end quote. That was a quote from the library. And alongside the drag story hour video intended for children two to four. Why do you think this person is dressed this way? I think it's because they love looking beautiful. Isn't it great how human beings come in all shapes, sizes, and colors? How we can dress on the outside sometimes matches how we feel on the inside. How do you feel when you wear your favorite outfit? End quote. <sighs> the sponsorship is endorsed by progressive politicians such as Representative Carolyn B. Maloney. She's a Democrat from New York, a former teacher whose congressional district covers parts of Manhattan and Queens. And this is a quote from Representative Maloney. Quote, across the country, books are being banned which are depriving our nation's youth, end quote. So she wrote that on Twitter in April, and then she says, quote, but thanks to the New York Public Library and programs like Drag Queen Story Hour, New York City's next generation are getting a well-rounded education about LGBTQ plus issues and gender identity, 
end quote. So that story caught my eye for a few reasons, right? One, the taxpayer money to fund this continued, I don't even know what to call it, this continued assault on children, young fucking children. Did you hear those ages? Two to four? Three to eight? We're talking about fucking story hour with kids under fucking 10. And we're talking about sexuality, gender, and confusing the shit out of the subjects for these kids. And I'm not sure if saying that makes me some sort of phobic person, but I'm interested in protecting the kids. I guess that's the best way to put it. I'm a fucking parent. I have young children. There is a place for this discussion, but when it comes to topics like this, this should be left up to the parent. This should not be in our libraries and our schools at this age because it's confusing as fuck and it's sexual as fuck. It's graphic as fuck. And like we said in the previous podcast that we talk about this issue, I don't have a problem with this lifestyle or these choices you make on how you want to fucking dress, who you want to fuck. I don't care. But those are adult things and they're personal things. This doesn't need to be put onto our kids it's insane. And when she says they ban books, I was like, huh, what books are they banning? So I looked up the 10 most challenged books of 2021. There's 10 of them. And seven out of the 10 have been banned for sexually explicit content. Again, these are children's books and they have sexually explicit content in them. When, has, when did this become okay? When I was a kid, we went to the library you know what I looked at? National Geographic, because that was your only shot to see some boobs. But now you can go in and pick up any of these fucking books and you see legit sex scenes. And if you think I'm fucking kidding, in the description, I have pictures from the book Gender Queer by Mahia Kobe, which is like the number one banned fucking book. And it's fucking porn for kids. This is my fucking problem with this because you can't tell me that, well, we're just, you know, opening up the world because there's different people in this world and they shouldn't be, you know, marginalized and they should be celebrated. Yeah, fucking fair enough. But do we need to celebrate it through pornography? This is the part you lose me. I'm a parent. I don't want my kids seeing this shit. You know how hard it is with today's technology to try to shield kids from shit, try to inform them of the real life shit, not just crazy shit that's online and on TV and all this other stuff. Now I got to worry about children's books having it. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, can we agree that the sexually explicit material is inappropriate for children? Like, can we agree on that? And can we separate the individual rights of minorities from sexualizing our kids? Like, uh, seriously, what the fuck? And uh, word of warning, if you want to click on these fucking screenshots from the book, you know, buckle up. I have two that I fucking printed out. I'm going to have to fucking burn after I read this, read these quotes because it, I mean, I don't know, is this fucking, am I in possession of child pornography? You tell me. There's a picture of a dude with no shirt on and jeans and he's holding his fucking crotch. And it says, for years, my standard method of masturbation was stuffing a sock into the front of my pants and manipulating the bulge. This would evolve into hip thrusting while thinking of my latest gay ship. And then it's got two naked guys kissing. And then it says, memorably, I got off once 
while driving just by rubbing the front of my jeans and imagining getting a blowjob. This, these sound like fucking penthouse letters. But Jesus effing Christ. This is a kid's book. And th this one, I mean, holy fuck. I don't mean to be fucking gross. But this is a children's book and I, I, I need to read this so you fucking get it. So this page, again, these pictures are just look it up. Look it up. It's, it's in the description. All right. Then there's this page. At the top, there's a big headline. It says, when I finally got old enough to not be embarrassed talking about this stuff with my sister. So there's the girl on the couch talking to the other female on the couch, but she's identifying as a boy. So she says, it really never occurred to you to put something into your vagina, not even a finger, question mark. And then her sister says, it really didn't. And then she says, so you never tasted yourself? What? No. Ooh. Wait, you have? Haha, <laughs> of course, you should try. And then it says, and so, and it's a picture of her looking at her finger with stuff on her finger. And then there's a thing that says vagina slime with an arrow pointing to her finger. Are you fucking kidding me? This is a children's book. No, fuck that. It's not a children's book. This is a, a grooming book that sexualizes kids. And if you're okay with this, that, that's a fucking problem. At least it's always been a problem in society up until now. I don't know why it's accepted now. I don't know what the push is for this. Graphic sex novels and kids' libraries where you have people redefining pedophilia in, in, into these like better-sounding terms. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but when you come after the kids, that's a fucking problem, and everyone needs to realize what the fuck's going on. I don't want to fucking cover this shit. This is fucking nasty. But this is a book that your kid can fucking check out of your library. And these are the, this is the shit that they're fucking giving to your kids. Again, three to eight years old. What the fuck are we doing here? And the last one uh, of the screenshots is a fucking legit picture of a fucking blowjob. It's the point of view of the guy getting the blowjob looking down at the other guys. And it says, this is the visual I've been picturing. So... You want to see a cartoon illustration of a blowjob? There it is, page 27. Check it out from the book Gender Queer, the number one banned book. I wonder why. And let's revisit that quote again from our elected representative, Carolyn Maloney. Quote, across the country, books are being banned, which are depriving our nation's youth. End quote. What are we depriving the nation's youth? Gay porn? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck we're supposed to do with that. But... This is what they're talking about. This is why people, parents, are losing their fucking minds at school committee meetings. Because this is what's actually going on. This isn't fucking made up. We just fucking read you New York City and state has spent $200,000 of taxpayer monies for drag queens to read to little fucking kids. Nothing against drag queens. But can we keep school school instead of a breeding ground for pedophiles? Like, what the fuck? And this is a tough subject because if you don't have kids, I don't know that you can fucking comment on it. And I thought Andrew Tate, the professional kickboxer, had a very interesting take on this whole transgender kid grooming thing. You think you're like transgenders going and reading nursery stories and from... And Leave the school. kids alone! If you want to chop your dick off, I have nothing against that. I'm not anti-gay. I'm not anti-transgender. I'm not anti any of these things. What, I'm, what I am, Auntie, is propagating your worldview on other people's children. If you're gay and you can't have kids, why do you now believe it's your right to go to other people's kids and tell them how to think? 
If you've decided that the type of sex you want to have will prevent you from recreate from procreating, that's your decision, right? You've decided that having sex with women isn't worth it for you. You don't want to have children. You want to have sex with men. Fine, your decision and you're entitled to it. That does not give you the entitlement to go to other people's families who did decide to have children and raise them and try and program their children. Leave the kids alone. You can be as transgender as you like. Don't come talk to my kid about it. That's my child. I will program my child with my worldviews. I raise them. I pay for them. They're my kid. They're not your kid. Wow. What do you think about that? It seems pretty reasonable. And I think that's the objection is geared in to be viewed in that light. No one has a problem with what you want to do with your life and who you want to do it with and who you think you are and how you want to act, what you want to wear. I don't give a shit about that. I have a problem when it comes into my kid's school. And that's why my kids are not in public schools anymore. Because of this shit. The rhetoric and the indoctrination and not only the gay transgender stuff, but the fucking crazy racist shit and all the stuff that's being peddled on these poor fucking kids on top of a fucking lockdown and all the other bullshit is too much. So please, go in the description, look at this shit, and then decide for yourself, hey, would you show your fucking eight-year-old that? And if the answer is yes, well, then you might get to be on the show How to Catch a Predator. <laughs>